darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. It sounded like croaking. It absolutely did. It sounded like croaking. It sounded like a cry of an injured raven. It was a loud, shrieking sound that persisted over and over and over and over. It was so loud and persistent that it made people feel uncomfortable. Sometimes, this is what faith sounds like. Indeed, at times, the Christian faith does not sound pleasant or smooth or calm. But rather, sometimes the Christian faith cries out and shrieks towards the Lord in desperation. It is usually in those times, it is in those times where life hits you on the head that our faith sounds like a croaking raven. We have all been there in one way or another. Those times in life when we find ourselves out of control, maybe we have an uncontrollable illness or maybe a large mountain of debt that seems to be crashing down upon us, or perhaps a drug or alcohol problem in the family. Maybe violence. Violence or a severe accident or persecution or the death of a loved one brings about desperation. Desperation and a faith that cries out. And to complicate things even more, running in, with, and through all of life's circumstances is typically sin. Yes, sin. And we know the problem of sin is that it undergirds all of life's problems. Sin, it is deep. It permeates our whole being. And no matter how hard we try and no matter how hard we scrub, that sin does not go away. Indeed, the harsh reality is that these difficult situations in life and the problem of sin all point us to the reality that we are not, I repeat, that we are not in control of our lives and that we are literally powerless to do anything about it. Difficult circumstances 
and sin have a remarkable power over our lives. They control us. And so we find that our Christian faith will at times shriek and croak and cry out in desperation to the Lord. To make things even worse, there will be times when we stand before God and in the midst of these uncontrollable situations, God will seem quiet. The louder that we cry, the more quiet he seems to become. He may seem to be off in the distance and uninterested in our cries of our heart. This only adds to the anxiety of our cries of faith. Therefore, these cries of faith can become louder. They can become louder and turn into a constant screeching sound to the Lord as we cry up in the depths of our heart and the depths of our agony that we need the Lord God, that he needs to rescue us, he needs to redeem us. This faith will become louder and louder in our prayers and the moaning and the groaning of our hearts. This is precisely where the woman in our gospel reading was at. Yes, in our gospel reading from the gospel of Matthew. The evil one had seized her precious girl, and nothing that the mom could do was able to remove the claws of that demon from her daughter's soul. All she could do, all she could do was just stand there and watch her daughter squirm and wail in agony from the hellish clutches of that demonic being. The mother was helpless to cure her own child. She was out of control as that demon tormented her daughter, as that demon tormented her, as that demon leveled her, showing her that she was out of control. So in her helplessness, the mother, she goes to the one that she thinks that can help her. She goes to Jesus. She had heard about him and all of his miracles. She goes to Jesus and she cries out to Jesus. I get the impression that she had a lot of tears. I get the impression from our gospel reading that her speech was muffled, that she was somewhat out of control in her plea for mercy. It seems that she dumped all of her emotions, all of her struggles, all of her agonies, all of her groans upon Jesus. But keep in mind that this was not just an emotional plea before the Christ. All of her emotions and all of her cries were bundled together, yes, bundled together and compelled by faith. That is right. She cries out to the only one who could help her in faith. She cries out to the only one who has power over the devil. As we heard in last week's gospel reading, where Jesus overcame temptation from the evil one. Now you may think to yourself that she goes to Jesus with all of her agony, crying out in faith, and we may think to ourselves, problem solved, everything taken care of, right? Well, actually, no. To our surprise, she's actually met with an icy rejection of the Lord. It was almost as if Jesus was treating the mother as if she had a demon herself. But this does not matter, my friends. Oh no, this icy rejection does not matter. The woman continues to cry out, for that is what faith does. Faith connects itself to Jesus regardless of the circumstances and regardless of the Lord's response. So she cries out again and again and again. Well, even the disciples do not understand the Lord's lack of reaction. They wanted Jesus to grant the request to heal her demon-infested daughter because, frankly, she was making a scene at that time 
falling around, pleading and pleading. Yet Jesus does not grant the woman's request. But this does not matter. The woman continues to cry out, for that is what faith does. She is like a yippy little dog begging and barking for the smallest of crumbs from the master, even when told to go and lay down. Well, long story short, the woman ends up on her knees in the dust, begging, Lord, help me. Lord, son of David, help me. And Jesus ends up calling her a dog of all things, unworthy of the bread he came to bring to his own people, the Jews. But this, my friends, this does not deter the woman. If Jesus calls her a dog, so be it, she will be a dog. But even as a dog, she demands to clean up the crumbs of the Lord. She says to the Lord, Yes, Lord, you're right. I am a dog. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. In astonishment, Jesus looks at her and he says, O woman, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And so Jesus gives and she receives and her daughter is healed. Now, dear friends, The woman would not let Jesus be anything other than the gracious and the kind and loving Savior that she had heard about. For this is the way of great faith. You see, great faith, it looks to Jesus as the only one that can help, the only one who can save. Great faith does not flinch when the answer does not come as quickly as expected or in the way that it is expected. Oh no, faith clings and seeks Christ. Now, it is very tempting to look at faith as something that we conjure up from within our own willpower. It is very easy to look at this story and to understand the enticement to see faith as something that we possess and something that we self-generate, which is in the midst of difficult times. It leads us, this way of thinking leads us to easily believe that we do not have enough faith when things do not go our way. By thinking this way, we can believe that if we only have enough faith, we can get God to bless us. But that is not the point of our gospel reading from today. The point of the gospel reading is not to create the impression that the woman has somehow conjured up from within herself, with the use of willpower, some sort of great faith. But rather, the point of the gospel reading is this, and that is this, the greatness of the one who she had faith in. That is to say, the point is that the Canaanite woman looked to Jesus to help her and nowhere else, for that is what great faith does. Great faith, my friends, it clings to Jesus. Great faith does not listen to the lies of the devil. Great faith does not listen to our own feelings. Great faith does not trust in our own reason. Great faith is not being self-confident and pretending that everything is okay. Great faith is not having the right words to pray. Great faith is not even being self-confident in the midst of the struggles of life, but rather, yes, but rather, we see in this Canaanite woman that great faith is nothing more than crying out, than crying out and clinging to Jesus in the midst of all of the things of this life, in the midst of being helpless. Dear friends, this Canaanite woman is a picture of the church. 
She's a picture of the Christian church. She is a picture of you. She is a picture of the church living by faith. Always crying out, always trusting, and always relying on Jesus. She is a picture of you and me coming to the sanctuary each and every Sunday, confessing that we're nothing, nothing more than poor dogs, poor, miserable sinners in thought, word, and deed, yet still rising up and coming before this altar to receive sips of wine and pieces of bread, the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. This Canaanite woman is a picture of us coming to the throne of grace with all of our suffering, all of our trials, and all of our uncontrollable situations, and while beating our breast, saying this, Lord Jesus Christ, you may seem to be cold to me at times, and you may even call me a dog as you like, and yet I will not leave you. I will not doubt that you love me. You only are my help. You are only my hope. On you I will rely. You went to the cross for me, and you died for me so that I might belong to you forever. To you alone then I will cling. I will cling to you no matter what. Do with me as you will. I am yours Save me. That is faith, clinging to Jesus. This is the great struggle of faith, dear baptized saints. Faith does only one thing. It clings to Jesus and his word and sacraments in spite of everything around us. Yes, in spite of everything around us, in spite of our feelings, in spite of our circumstances, Faith, it clings tightly to Jesus who loved us all the way to the cross and all the way to the empty tomb. Faith clings to Jesus when the world throws all of its worst at us. With that Canaanite woman, we today, we cling with her to Jesus and his word of promise. Today, we know that what makes our faith great is not our will, it is not our commitment, it is not our own determination, it is not the power of ourselves. Rather, what makes our faith great is what our faith clings to and receives. And today, we receive Jesus. We receive Jesus with that Canaanite woman. Therefore, your faith is great when you receive Jesus, receiving him in a beggarly status, knowing that even though we often cannot control much of anything in this life, that the Lord controls us and has blessed us with redemption and forgiveness and life. Today, my dear friends, today, beloved baptized saints, you have faith. You have faith that clings to Jesus and no other, for we know that Jesus is the unshakable rock which our faith rests. May the Lord grant us this faith, like the Canaanite woman, this day, faith that clings to Jesus and his gifts, faith that clings today, tomorrow, and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org 
or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionwinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.